The Coram Deo Church community is a missional church rooted in historic, biblical Christianity and committed to cultural engagement. We hope the message you are about to hear spurs you to deeper reflection on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. This morning's scripture reading is Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 through 24, page 676 in the Bibles under your seat. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered, they wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill, My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd And because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep, therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds and I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and I will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock, when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness and I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong. I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. As for you, my flock, thus says the Lord God, behold, I judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and male goats. 
Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the rest of your pasture and to drink of clear water that you must muddy the rest of the water with your feet? And must my sheep eat what you have trodden with your feet and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep because you push with side and shoulder and thrust it all the week with your horns till you have scattered them abroad. I will rescue my flock and they shall no longer be a prey and I will judge between sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. The word of God for the people of God. Well, good morning. My name is Isaiah Lewis. I'm the church planning resident here at Coram Deo. And uh, I'm just going to invite you immediately into the scriptures once again. Would you turn to John chapter 10? I asked for Ezekiel 34 to be read this morning as it really sets up what we find in our scripture passage in John chapter 10. And you can find John 10 on page 842 of the Bible uh, under your seats. As we read the first few verses of John 10, I'd invite you to consider these words of Jesus in light of the promise we just heard at the end of our scripture reading just prior, that God is going to send a shepherd prince who will feed his people. John 10, verse 1, Jesus is speaking. He says to the Pharisees, truly, truly, I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to kill and steal and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the sheep, the wolf coming, and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's the hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep.' 
And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. There was, again, a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of a man oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? John chapter 10. Question for you as we open. Can you remember the last time that you were homesick? Perhaps that was even this week as you celebrated with family and friends the Thanksgiving holiday. I can remember one particular time of homesickness. I grew up in uh, rural New Hampshire in a two-story 1850s farmhouse. This is the house I grew up in. And I can remember distinctly uh, at the end of my senior year of high school, it was actually the summer after my senior year, I was walking out on that front porch and stepped out onto the front lawn. I just recently graduated, and in a few short days, I was going to be heading 1,000 miles away to college, and I was so excited for college. I could not wait for that next step in life. I was thrilled. And yet, as I began to take a very long, slow walk around the house and the orchard and the woods and the yard surrounding the house I grew up in, I knew from that day forward, nothing was ever going to be the same. I spent most of that walk in tears. I was homesick, and I hadn't even left home yet. As I walked, I had many unspoken questions, questions like, would I ever again be in a place where I would experience the sense of safety that this place had brought? Would I ever again be in a place where I was truly known and yet loved anyway and led by those who loved me? See, that's what homesickness is. Homesickness, sure, it's a longing for a place that's familiar, but it's much more than that. It's a longing for a place where you are known truly, yet loved anyway. A place that is safe. And if your home and your growing up experiences weren't characterized by these realities, you may experience an even deeper sense of homesickness while you grieve what you experienced and even long for that which you did not, safety and being truly known and truly loved. You see, homesickness reveals to us deeper longings that are frequently unmet in the world in which we live. We long to be known, but we often experience isolation and loneliness, especially during a pandemic. We long to be loved as we are, but then we present to the watching world a curated version of ourselves on social media, right? No one actually posts the bad hair day or the blow up with the kids. We hide the ugly, the raw, the real. We long for meaningful relationships and have dozens of Facebook friends and Instagram followers, but we lack meaningful community. 
We long for someone who can lead us into true safety and lasting abundance and who can help make sense of the mess out there and the mess in here. So we buy into the Messiah complex surrounding whichever political figure that is popular, or we buy into the ideas of a social media influencer or the picture-perfect life of a pop star, and we find ourselves again disappointed and disillusioned. So what does this have to do with John 10? Well, in John 10, we see Jesus responding to a growing resistance to his ministry from the religious leaders. And Jesus responds to these indignant religious leaders using two metaphors, and he repeats both metaphors. So in verses 7 and in verse 9, you see him say, I am the door of the sheep. And then in verses 11 and 14, you see Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. Now, this shepherd-sheep metaphor is used throughout the Old Testament. We just heard it referenced over and over again in Ezekiel 34. And often it is used to describe the relationship of the people of God with the leaders of the people of God. More specifically, it often refers to the king of God's people and the people themselves. We saw that in Ezekiel 34. Now, perhaps this connection started with David, the ideal Old Testament king, who also happened to be a shepherd, right? But however it started, shepherding language became one way of talking about kingship. In John 10, Jesus is laying out his identity as the ideal shepherd king, the promised greater than David's servant of God, sent by God to lead his people into abundant and full eternal life. So this gives us the big idea of our message this morning. Here we go. Jesus is the ideal shepherd king, and the door is open to follow him. Jesus is the ideal shepherd king, and the door is open to follow him. So let's dive into the text by asking this question and coming up with some answers. What makes Jesus the ideal shepherd king? Well, first of all, he's the ideal shepherd king because he knows his people and leads his people, and because he gives life to his people, and because he gave his life for his people. So number one, Jesus is the ideal shepherd king because he knows and he leads his people. Notice in verse three, Jesus says that he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep, and the shepherd hear his voice, and he calls... Uh, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Then in verses 14 to 16, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. So in the Near East, a flock of sheep would be kept in a sheep fold. It might just be one flock of sheep in that sheep fold or at times, they would combine multiple flocks into one sheepfold. It might be uh, a courtyard of a family's home or a communal sheepfold. And the only legitimate access into that sheepfold was through the gate. And the shepherd or the watchman who had been hired by the shepherds to watch the sheep during the night, they could 
safely assume that anyone trying to get into the sheepfold outside of the gate was looking for some free lamb chops and was not a safe person to have in the sheepfold. Anyone who didn't try to access the sheepfold by the gate was a thief. By contrast, when the shepherd would return, he would begin to chant or sing out the names of his individual sheep in his flock. And his individual sheep would recognize the voice of the shepherd. And they would follow their shepherd out of the communal flock and follow the shepherd out to pasture. Only his sheep would respond to his voice. And using these images, Jesus compares the types of religious leaders that the people of God had experienced to this point. He compares those religious leaders to the thieves of the sheep pen. They're not legitimate shepherds. And then he goes on to show how he is an altogether different kind of leader. In fact, Jesus is the legitimate door or gate to the sheepfold, the doorway to safety within the flock, as well as the doorway to life and food and pasture outside of the sheepfold. The shepherd is personally invested in the well-being of his sheep. And we can't miss the intimacy found within John chapter 10. A shepherd would know his flock intimately, and this is the sort of shepherd that the people of God have. Just how deep does this intimacy extend? Well, did you see it in verse 14 and verse 15? Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me. And I know the father and I lay, my down, lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus knows his sheep and his sheep know him in a way comparable to how the father knows the son and the son knows the father. This is the level of intimacy that Jesus, the ideal shepherd king, has with those who follow him. And if you are a follower of Jesus, Jesus knows you in this way, and he delights to lead you into his flock. He brings you into community, and he brings you into life. He is for you. He's not against you. He joyfully takes it upon himself to lead you. So he doesn't just know his people, he leads his people. He is the ideal shepherd king because he leads us. We share much more in common with sheep than we would like to acknowledge, perhaps, and maybe even than we realize. We, like sheep, need someone to follow as much as we would like to deny that fact. Perhaps you're familiar with the term or phrase expressive individualism. It is the philosophy behind modern-day creeds like you do you, be true to yourself, follow your heart, find yourself. From pop culture music to the average show on Disney+, Plus, our culture is encouraging us to self-definition. One writer describes this philosophy in more detail. The highest good of expressive individualism is individual freedom, happiness, self-definition, and self-expression, 
And therefore, formal forms of external authority are to be rejected altogether. Now, starting to get a little panicky here. At the risk of too much self-disclosure, we are about gospel culture here, right? Like safety, safe place, okay? So at the risk of too much self-disclosure, Elizabeth and I, my wife, we actually enjoy uh, many of the holiday movies that come out this time of year. You know the ones I'm talking about? Guy meets girl, guy and girl fall in love, guy and girl have a massive relationship crisis right before Christmas, preferably, guy and girl avert the crisis as snow falls, they kiss happily ever after they are. The end. Several weeks ago, we were watching one of these types of predictable movies, and a mother was comforting her heartbroken daughter. Heartbroken, yes, because of the relationship crisis just mentioned. And as the mother is counseling her bawling daughter, she tells her all she needs to do in this particular situation is trust and follow her heart. What a sweet sentiment. If only it was true. Believe in yourself and all your crises will be resolved. According to our culture, we are able to lead ourselves into lasting safety and true abundance. But it's a lie. And there are two problems with this philosophy of expressive individualism. Well, first, it's inherently self-defeating. It's a philosophy that authoritatively claims to be the best philosophy by which to govern life while at the same time saying there ought to be no external authority by which you govern your life. But that's only part of the problem. Expressive individualism fails to recognize a deeper reality. Being true to who we are as human beings means we need a leader and we long to be led. That is what it means at its core to be human to be a created being. In fact, the history of mankind could be written as mankind rejecting the perfect leader and spending century upon century upon century trying to find a replacement perfect leader and failing to do so. In fact, that may be your personal history as well. It may be that the frustration you're experiencing in your life right now is because you are refusing the good and kind and gracious and loving leadership of your good shepherd, the Lord Jesus. You've ditched this ideal shepherd king for some false messiah, some thief that cannot possibly fulfill his promises. So friend, I hope you hear in Jesus' words to you today the care and the compassion he has for you. We all long to be known truly and intimately, yet we fear being rejected once we are known in that way, right? And in Jesus, we find one who knows us truly, intimately, deeply, and yet he loves us anyway. He knows you beyond your curated social media. He knows you beyond your posturing and your pretending and your performing. He knows your weaknesses. 
He knows the well-worn paths of your heart to sin. He knows the ocean of your grief. He knows the source of your shame. He knows the depth of your guilt. He knows the fear of your failures. He knows the terror of your future. And he calls you by name. And he leads you. What grace is this? He leads us out of shame, out of sin, out of failure, out of fear, into something far better. Followers of Jesus, what does this truth mean practically for how we engage in community together? Well, practically, me, practically it means there is safety. The one with whom we have to do, our good shepherd, knows us intimately the good, the bad, and the ugly, and he loves us. So we are free. I've written something in my Bible that was said to me several years back, and I try to refer to it often. I often fail to live in light of its realities, but I hope it's an encouragement to you this morning. It's this, because I am in Christ, I have nothing to hide, no one to impress, Nothing more to gain and all the acceptance I need. While I wish I lived these truths more regularly, they have become for me a reminder. Jesus knows me. Jesus is leading me. And that's enough. But where is Jesus, the ideal shepherd king, actually leading his people. Where is he taking us? Well, number two, Jesus is the ideal shepherd king because he gives abundant life to his people. Look at verse 10. It leaves us with no doubt as to the reason for Jesus' coming. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This abundant life is a quality of life characterized by what is eternal, Realities of peace, of security, of joy, of freedom from shame, of freedom from sin and guilt and fear. It is a life characterized by communing with God. So let me ask you another question. How would you fill in the blank in this sentence? You ready? I need blank in order to have an abundant life. What would you put in that spot? Now, there are lots of good things we could fill that blank with, but there is only one essential component to an abundant life. That is knowing and being known by the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Isn't this what Jesus is going to say later on in John Chapter 17, verse 3, how does he define this abundant eternal life? This is eternal life, that they know you, God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is the meaning of eternal life. This is what Jesus came to lead us into. This is what we celebrate, even as we look back on his previous coming and look forward to his second coming. He's going to lead us and is leading us into life 
and what peace and soul rest we would find if we could simply live into that reality like this afternoon and tomorrow and next week. This communion with God is the still water and the green pastures which are waiting for us as we simply follow Jesus. Now, no doubt, there's going to be suffering in that path. There will be pain, heartache, trials until Jesus returns because we are following Jesus in a fallen world. But none of this can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus and the fellowship we have with him in the triune God. So the fact that Jesus knows us, leads us, gives life to us, all of these things are remarkable. But how can we in fact be sure that Jesus is acting joyfully and willingly in these activities? That he actually wants to know us, actually desires to lead us, and actually will continue to love us. Upon what foundation can we ground our hope in that? Well, reason number four, that he is the ideal shepherd king, because he's given his life for his people. For some leaders, people simply become the means to the end of self-promotion, platform, self-profit. And unfortunately, as many of you know, some of these types of shepherds and leaders exist in abundance even in churches. But Jesus is the ideal shepherd king. Look at verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. The basis upon which Jesus secures life for his followers is not simply his death. It is also his resurrection. His death is not the end. His death for us as a substitute in our place for our sin is a means to the end of his giving his resurrection life to his followers. Jesus' joyful obedience to his, follower, to his father culminates in his sharing his resurrection life with his people. The triumphant shepherd king secures life for his people by his death and by his life. Jesus is the ideal shepherd king. And the reality is that we are all homesick with longings we may not have even been able to name at this point. Longings to be known truly and to be loved anyway. Longings to be led into safety Longings to be led into true abundance, not the short-lived prosperity of health and wealth, but a health and wealth, but a prosperity of soul that lasts far beyond temporary things. And all of these longings find their fulfillment in one person, 
and his name is Jesus. So if you are not yet a follower of Christ, if you would not claim the name Christian, but you find yourself longing for true safety and lasting abundance, if you find yourself constantly longing for a place to belong, a place to call home, if you long for a leader who has demonstrated absolutely his commitment to provide these things, then you should become a Christian. You should follow Jesus. He is the ideal shepherd king, and he invites you to follow him through the open door because Jesus is not just the good shepherd. He is the door by which we follow the good shepherd. There's not another hoop to jump through. It is simply following Jesus by coming to Jesus and through Jesus in repentance and faith. Jesus speaks to you right now from John 10, telling you that he has sheep who, has, he, who he has yet to bring into his flock. They will be one flock and under one shepherd. So if you hear his voice, rest assured that he knows you and he desires to be known by you. Answer him by following him through repentance from your sin and by looking for fulfillment of your heart longings outside of Jesus, and through faith in his life, death, and resurrection. And he will give you abundant life. He has promised to do so. And if you are already a follower of Jesus, then this passage is a call to you to believe the good news of the gospel again, anew, in a fresh way. That perpetual feeling of homesickness and disorientation that is a call to remember that you have a home in Jesus. Regardless of how adrift you feel in your immediate family or your current cultural context. And that home Jesus includes you in involves the blessing of community. He has called you into his flock, into one flock with one shepherd. So those homesick longings to be known and loved and led into safety and true abundance, they find their answer again, not in any other person or any other object or any other place, save the Lord Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. In Christ, each of you are known truly. You are loved deeply. You are safe eternally, and you have life abundantly. And how do we know this to be true? Because our ideal shepherd king laid down his life for us and then picked it back up again so he can share it with us. Jesus is the ideal shepherd king. So let's follow him today, tomorrow, this week, through the open door of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father of our Lord Jesus, our request is quite simple this morning. We would ask simply that the words we have heard by our ears, words from our good shepherd, 
that by your grace, you would take these words and you would graft them into our heart and allow them to take root and bear fruit. Give us faith to know that Jesus loves us, leads us, and gives life to us by giving us his life. To the honor and praise of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.